how do we convince those people that early years is, is where they need to be? The creativity is, again, something in the heart of EY people, isn't it? If we can create a space for people to share those ideas, then, you know, that's amazing. Childcare workers, they're part of the essential infrastructure of this country. Give us a voice in, in the sector, in the in Houses of Parliament, I'll go and tell you how hard it is. It's not even just about childcare anymore, it's about child development and, and sort of the, the progression of those children. And appreciate what you've got and, and work with it because we're just magical. Hi, and welcome to Podcash, the Portable CPD in Best Practice Podcast from Cash. My name's Dawn and I'm the editor of Cash Alumni, the fastest growing network of current and future professionals in care, health and education. You can join us for free at cashalumni.org.uk and get access to articles from subject specialists and experts, e-learning to a discount and benefits scheme and lots of support with career development and your future growth. There's loads of things that I'm going to want you to tell our audience about you because you're really, really interesting um, and you do loads of really cool stuff. Um, but we should probably start with who you are um, and maybe like, why, why you're here and the stuff that you're doing at the minute, if that's all right. My name's Annie. I started my career as a nursery nurse and I absolutely loved it. But if I'm truly honest, it's not what I potentially wanted to start my life as. Um, but I was told by careers, that's all you can do because this was the time when you know, my mum and dad both worked in a factory at the time. And the understanding was as a family member that I would have to go and get a Saturday job to go to college. So, you know, it was all about that socioeconomic background. And, and so I, I, I suppose I fell into early years. But oh, my God, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. The only thing I didn't like was the hierarchy amongst it. You know, back in the 1980s, we were paint pot washers. We were cup of tea makers. I was always one of these thinking, oh, what can I do next? What can I do next? Where, what can I be part of? So a, a leaflet popped into the staff room one day for the first cohort of foundation degree studies. So I remember going to my head teacher and, my, you know, and as a nursery nurse, you never also went into the head teacher's office. Um, and I said, would you please sign this uh, and accept the fact that I might be going off one day a week to study? Uh, and that was it, really. That started my academic career. I did my foundation degree my Bachelor of Arts, my Master's, um, and then I fell into um, FE just by one hour a week. Would you come and do this? One hour a week ended up with a full-time contract. Uh, one hour a week ended up with me course leading foundation degree and Bachelor of Arts. Uh, then I ended up being professional development manager over the pastoral provision of, of a, a big FE college. Um, and then I'm into initial teacher training. When you are EY and you've got all that philosophy in your you know in your DNA you bring that to initial teacher training you know you're saying and what about Vygotsky and they're oh what you know but you bring all of that into it and it's, it's amazing um but then in the last 12 months and probably the most dreadful timing I took a leap to think about myself and I decided that what I was doing Dawn was a job what I wasn't doing was my work and I thought there was a, a difference between them. And so I took a huge leap and decided that I wasn't going to do a job anymore. I was going to do my work. And, and, and that's where I am today. I'd really like to talk about the whole idea of, you know, people ending up in early years. And, and I think the same is true of care role um, because they've been told they can't do something else. Um, because I think that's really important. Um, and it's... I suppose, nice um, to hear someone who 
is very educated and is in a position within early years where actually you are an authority and you know people ask you to come in and help them to do things um acknowledge that actually you might not have ended up here if you hadn't actually had a terrible experience that's it you know and 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 I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm doing this I'm doing a PhD because but I'm doing it and I said this selfishly to the supervisor and to the uni I'm doing it for me and it's a point to prove really you know don't don't be trodden down don't have that imposter syndrome you, and it is a battle and it's been a real battle to get to this point and I'm self-funding and it's you know I'm in debt and I love it because it's it's for me and all I'm saying to my family is you wait till I get that floppy hat and if I'm if you think I'm having one minute on the stage when you walk on and just shake I want a speech <laughs> oh they'll have to be great I can and want that <laughs> There needs to be an EYE like or something, I don't know, but that, that's in the planning. <laughs> that's great. Um, so tell us a little bit more about what you're doing now. So what I'm doing now is something called the Early Years Professional Exchange Network. And what I wanted was I wrote a piece in a book for, I've got the book here, I wrote a little piece in this book. And it was all about CPD and how, how marginalised I felt as a nursery nurse. You know, there was it was the fact that, Back in those days, I don't know whether it's, it's like that for everybody now, but we were very much, uh, you can come if you want to, but it's all about teaching things. Um, you know, you don't have to come. And in fact, you're not coming to this one because we've paid for an external body and it's too expensive for you to come. And I've never forgot those days, Dawn. I've never forgot fe the feelings like that. And I've never wanted people to feel like that in my environment when I'm delivering training. And so I thought to myself, let, let's not have like a membership. Let's not have something people are tied to. Let's have something affordable, but let's have something really meaningful. And I wanted the word exchange. You know, I wanted it to feel like you're sitting in your front room and you're having a chat and then you're going away and thinking, oh, my gosh, that's impacted. And I'm going to do that in the next few weeks. Then I'm going to come back to Annie and tell her all about it. So I come up with this idea that I would have this exchange. And I thought, right, how am I going to go about it? So... I was on Twitter and, you know, every time people were posting something, I was saying, do you ever share that anywhere? Do you ever do that? But in a really kind, nurturing way. Um, and then all of a sudden it, it came to that I'd got this first meeting. Um, Minay joined in, which was just amazing. Um, but what I want more so, and it's happening in November, is parents are joining in, parents with stories to exchange that information to practitioners, to educators, and vice versa. So the exchange is happening. Um, and that's really, really important. And I want it to be like really rhizomatic. I want it to be organic and I want them to choose their themes. I don't want to be head of anything. I want to be in the thick of it with them, you know, because I, I'm learning. I mean, in, in November, I've got a parent coming who's going to teach us some Makaton and she puts little videos on Twitter. And she was talking to me about, you know, this has been amazing for me. This is, this is a, a network and a space I would never have found and if I can only do that for people that then that's just amazing and I'm, I'm really hot on compliance I can't bear compliance you know I'm I'm really creative I'm really imaginative and I want people to to use that professional imagination in that space and and be empowered and, and to say you know what I'm gonna have a go at that and if I'm not being compliant I've got reasons why I'm not being compliant um and the people who know me really well know I'm not very compliant. <laughs> but yeah, it's coming along really, really. I'm I'm astounded actually with how how it's 
it seems to seamlessly be getting people connected. People want to be trained. They want to learn. They want to be inspired, you know, and they want to be ignited. And we've had people come forward who've said, I don't want to do a presentation, but can I just do, you know, a little video clip of my work? Or can I, can, can you just have a chat with me for two or three minutes? And, and I'm like, yes, 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 yes. And then the next time it's like, I am going to do a presentation. And that's what I want it to be like, you know, so that's, that's the space that, it, you know, it's new, it's in its embryo stage, but hopefully it will, it will grow and grow and grow until we get more rainbows spread across the whole of the country. Oh, that's really exciting. Um, and, I'm actually really excited about the one on the 7th of November because obviously I'm going to be there um, and I'm also excited about Makaton and hearing like parent experiences and um, I love the idea of bringing everyone together who is sort of a stakeholder in children and in early years education whether that's parents um, or external stakeholders like me you know I, I don't work in early years I work in a a CPD, a professional support service for for post qualification for people in the sector, people like you, you know, people who, when we first started Cash Alumni, the whole point was that there isn't there isn't a lot of support for those people at either pre qualification or sort of level two and three who are just working in a nursery, you know, and when you talk to early years practitioners about what they do and how amazing they are and all of these skills that they've got, they seem genuinely surprised that, you know, that, that, that they're brilliant until they go, oh, actually, like, I am, yeah, there's all of this stuff. And the amount of people that you speak to in early years who, you know, what do you do? Oh, I just work in, you know, whoa, no. Um, and and it's, a, it's a real bugbear of mine. Um, but I think that, it's I suppose par for the course in some ways that early years practitioners feel that way both because of how they were introduced to early years in a lot of instances in that sort of hair or care type root way um but also because there's something within care professionals I think early years professionals health and social care workers nurses where yeah, not about you when you go to work. Yeah, given all of you to to what it is that you do and the people that you support. So, I think in a lot of instances, care, caring professionals, early years professionals, fail to realise their own worth because all they say is potential. All they say is, you know, like other people's potential and how children can grow and all of the things that could be, which is great. But I think in a lot of instances that only see potential in themselves maybe and don't see what they've actually achieved. That's that's where, I mean, I'm doing a little bit of research at the minute about your professional imagination. And I think sometimes it's squashed because of either the culture that you're in or it's squashed because you don't feel worthy. And, and that has to, you know, if I've got a part to play in this, that that's that's it. You know, where, where's your professional imagination? Where's all these lovely skills that you've got? And, and that's why on the back of the ey pen there's been like the e-magazine and it's it's just been having people that would never normally write or you know i mean it's a big jump for someone as an educator to have a peer review journal and it's not always very kind but you know you've still got wonderful things to say and to share and you know i'll sometimes see an image on twitter and say to them oh can i pop this in the magazine it's there to be celebrated but it's, it seems to have disappeared they're not when it's on twitter it's there looked at it a little bit and it disappears Whereas in an e-magazine, it's going to be there for, forever. You know, it's there on the on the Padlet. It's there to be shared. And 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 it's. I've had a student doing a degree course who's 
wrote this month. Now, she wouldn't potentially have had a platform to share her writing. So that's amazing. And if that just sparks then, you know, you've got to sit down with a cuppa and read it because it's quite hefty what people are putting together. But it, if, it, if that on the back of then the network inspires people to find another course, another network, another person or connect. And I've been part of that. That's just joyous. And, you know, December's network is all about joy. Um, and it's the joy of play or the joy of whatever brings you joy in your work, you know, not your job, but your work. And there's a little twist to the December one, though, Dawn, for people who come along. But I'm not going to tell you what it is. But it's very, very, very creative. And I know people have already said to me, please tell us what it is, but I'm not giving in yet. Um, but the creativity is, again, something in the heart of, of, you know, EY people, isn't it? You know, we, we cannot go into a shop or pass some a, a tip or a skip without picking something up and thinking, what can I do with that? <laughs> you know, and I, I, my thing is little boxes. I've got hundreds of little boxes and I, I think I'm going to do something with that little. I don't, but I've got that little box and that little box. But if we can create a space for people to share those ideas, then, you know, that's amazing. That That is my work. That's what I want. We've got lots of things in common, I think, in, in the way that we've approached that sort of community for, for professionals. Um, we, we had a sort of similar um, themes, I suppose, in the, the ideas of putting together alumni with that, that like the articles and, and the podcast where we get to introduce people to you and to EY Pen and to, to all of the things that can find there. Um, again, to help to sort of bridge people with that, you know, if, if we can help people to find more support, then that's great, you know. And it's things like this being interviewed, able to interview you and to talk about things like, um, you know, you're talking about people their the, the professional creativity and figuring out where they want to be and what their skills are. I think one of the benefits of getting into early years now rather than waiting um, is that early years is young in terms of the way it's set out CPD. That there are there are lots of jobs available. There's lots of diversity in the jobs available, but there's no sort of concrete pathway to get there at the minute. Um, and there's still a lot of room to carve out your own niche. There's, you know, for example, you know, um, looking at early as educators who decide that actually this is really important and we need to focus on this thing, what exists, nothing. So then you get um, people like Purple Bee Learning um, and the um, development of things like the, the level four in physical acti activity and nutrition coordinator jobs because there's a, an entire new job role now like the panko um for people who think that actually yeah nutrition and exercise is really important in early years and that's what i want to do and that came about because somebody went oh this is really important and nothing exists for us to develop myself in that way let's make something exist to develop in that way mini you know new science and early development's really important like no one's looking at it right I'm going to look at it and I'm going to figure it out and it's going to happen and it, it's exactly that same sort of empowerment journey as, as you deciding actually this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing I'm supposed to be doing this and then just making it happen and, and there's still a lot of space to just make things happen in early years. I remember being in my one of my first foundation degree lessons and learning about the brain and I remember coming home going I've learned all these words all these words and and my family were like oh you should get now, they they always eye roll at me and they're like well, I said synapses I've learned synapses and, and but I remember going into practice thinking 
what I'm doing is doing this, what I'm doing is doing this. And yeah, we, we, we've still got lots and lots of space to open things up for people to, to specialise in something if they want to. You know, my, my specialism is I absolutely adore reflective practice. You know, I, I am a reflector constantly. And, and I, you know, anyone who's been taught by me knows I'll say, and, and they'll go, oh, we're reflecting, you know, all those different lenses. And, and it's, I think maybe in this time and part of probably why EY Pen come together was I thought about an additional lens. You know, we need to think about our emotional lens and what we want for us as, as early years practitioners. You know, it hasn't got to be all about literature or your colleagues' lenses. It's about what you want emotionally. And I got to the point where emotionally I felt I was on a treadmill and I was doing a job, you know, and doing a job that I had to be compliant in maybe because that's the culture of education system. And, you know, I'm earning like gold buttons, Dawn, you know, but, but, but hopefully the gold buttons one day will turn into pennies, who knows, but... I'm happy and I've I've looked at my emotional lens and I'm doing what I need to do for what I think is is a fabulous community. It it takes a lot of strength to sort of keep going when people roll their eyes at you. Like that there's a lot of that, you know, like people get excited about things and, and it's almost considered cringeworthy to actually just be excited about something as a grown up. And it's really easy to to stop yourself from being outwardly excited. When you're in FE and you're teaching your 16 to 18 year olds to suddenly lose that inhibition and to be that early years practitioner, it's hard going to, to say to them, look, you're in a safe space and, and we appreciate all of your skills and we don't want you to be the same as the next one. You know, they probably just come from an exam culture and now suddenly they're in early years when we want them to roll you know, Play-Doh, we want them to pick leaves up, we want them to get a fur cone, we want them to think outside the box. And and I remember struggling with this, with reflective practice, getting them to own themselves and to say who they were as an individual. And so I, I did, um, I was doing my advanced teacher status at the time and I did a piece of research about reflective practice and I did it with my level three learners doing cash. And again, when I first walked in with this box of tricks, again, a box, they rolled their eyes and looked at me. And I said, honestly, trust me, you are going to be wonderful reflective practitioners at the end of this module. And I decided to scrap the scheme of work. And I decided that everyone was going to bring in five or six items that they thought described themselves that was all about them, you know, nothing to do with practice, nothing to do with anything else. It was all about, about themselves. And to ask a 16-year-old to reflect upon themselves when they've been, you know, perhaps suppressed or been in like a culture that, you know, you are going to do this because you've got to pass this, to suddenly say to them, let's reflect. It's, it's an impossible task until they know who they are and trying to say to them, I don't want you to all be the same. We are unique. We talk about the unique child in early years. We don't want we don't want early years practitioners to be the same. We want you all to be different. We want you all to be unique. We don't want you all good at drama. We don't want you all good at, you know, when I was an early years practitioner, my empathy, I struggle with it a little bit. You know, I'm a, I'm a get up and goer. You know, come on, everybody, we'll all be good. But I worked with a fabulous nursery nurse who was the empathy. You know, she was the one like everybody went to for like hugs and caring. You know, we were completely different. And I, and I said to the learners, that's exactly what you want. You can't all be the same. So this box grew and grew and grew and seamlessly it, it created reflective practitioners because they would say, I use that piece of string to hold myself together. You know, that piece of string I had in my box, Annie. I use that to hold us all together in a team meeting. 
so I think what I did there was use Brookfield's lenses, didn't I? You know, and it was it was just so organic, but it was it was having that freedom to do what you needed to do for your learners and what you need to do in the sector for your children. And, you know, we know there's a new developmental matters and everyone's a little bit hesitant about it, but we've still got to own our professional imagination. We've still got to say, what are we doing is right. And you know what? We can use the word expert. If you are an expert in something, you are allowed to say that you are, you know, you you are, don't have to ask for permission. You are good at what you do. And so go and sing it, you know, and if they roll their eyes because you're playing with Play-Doh, let them roll their eyes, you know, because if you ask anyone afterwards, was the experience wonderful, the chances are they're going to say it was outstanding. SkillsMiner has a great new addition to the Cash Alumni website. We've worked with SkillsMiner to offer access to their amazing tool that can help you to figure out what you might want to do next in terms of learning or which job you might be suitable for that you might not have considered before or even just to figure out what your skill set is. You can access SkillsMiner for free as part of your Cash Alumni membership. All you've got to do is go to cashalumni.org.uk and head to the SkillsMiner page in the professional development section. How can we get more people to consider early years? Because obviously your experience was that you came to early years because it was your only option as far as the school had pointed you in that direction. What about people who uh, just stumbled upon it? It's still got this thing about between A-levels and the vocational sector, hasn't it? And, you know, the, we've got to have more synergy between us. And I think it need, it's, it's wider than just the careers department. It needs to actually be educative of us as a sector between teachers to know what this course involves and to know what that course involves because each I don't want learners to be taken off an A-level and come to early years thinking it's an easy option because it, it, it just isn't you know the amount of observations the amount of placement but I think the root of this is in, in education and potentially you know right where the government sits you know vocational is really really hard work T-levels are coming in. Maybe that might ease things a little bit. Who knows? Um, but again, it, it, it's it's huge. It needs lots and lots lots more education. And maybe people like ourselves, you know, give us a voice in, in the sector, in the in Houses of Parliament. I'll go and tell you how hard it is to do the job. I have no fear at all. Um, all those essays, all those observations, all those things they have to create, you know, the, it doesn't stop, does it, in the classroom? It, it, it carries on at home. It carries on in placement. Something that Bev Munden, who um, is um, works with Tinies, um, once said to us is that um, childcare workers are essential infrastructure. They are, you know, they're, they're part of the essential infrastructure of this country. And if we didn't have early years workers and childcare workers, the country wouldn't move. And I think that we've proven that in COVID is that actually... For, for the economy to work, for society to be able to function, there, there has to be childcare. And further to that, there has to be early years education. It's it's not even just about childcare anymore. It's about child development and, and sort of the, the progression of those children as little human beings being able to, to gain all of the things they need to gain from those practitioners, isn't it? It just, it just saddens me. Have we learned the lessons, like you've just said? You know, have we... Have we got the government stopping a little while and saying, hang on, let's stop and think about all these people who are in the key worker and not just early years, you know, the people that did our shopping online for us. Are we going to actually stop, just stop a minute, evaluate things and and praise them, but, you know, not just in in non, 
you know, nothing that means anything, something that means something for their status, something that means something, you know, a good pat on the back and a pay rise um, and and progression, you know, for them, for what they want to do. And that's not just in early years. That's, you know, I've got a family of key workers. We did not stop working all the way through COVID. Um, and I just, I'm a little bit frustrated. I just wonder, are we going to get a new normal, something that, that celebrates who we are in the sector? Um, and now is the opportunity we've got to do that. And so if one of our voices is only just you and I to start off with, we've got work to be doing, haven't we? It has to be continued. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's there's, there's loads of conversations that, that we could probably have that would last far longer than the hour that we've got about um, all of the things that we could we could fix in terms of people's perception of early years. And and I suppose how we hope that that's changed a little bit um, during this. I think, to be honest, a lot of people's perceptions of of how valuable the early years are have been changed just by the sheer amount of time they've had to spend with their own children. You've had parents saying, please bring back school. You know, they found it really difficult, haven't they, to, to homeschool? Because, you know, we all know only too well that in early years you only play. We've had that, you know, I, 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 just, well, we all know it in the sector. And then, and then suddenly, when nurseries were giving out um, learning packs or doing things online, and I know my neighbour, she's got a nursery child, and she went, how much, how many things do you do with a cardboard box? Um, you know, because they sent this thing out about with a cardboard box, you can get maths and, and English skills and communication and all of this. And I said, oh, you'd be amazed. She went, well, she said, I've had to turn one of the bedrooms into a classroom now because there's that much, that's that much I have to do with him. And I said, no, you don't have to do it. So it's a language, isn't it, as well? I said, you don't have to do it. What you're doing is organic. What you're doing is learning. And that's how we that's how we learn through play. Um, but, yeah, and so parents, I think, have, have really started to appreciate, I don't think they didn't appreciate, but appreciate much more the level of the work that we do, you know. It's not just keeping them occupied. It's actually the, the stuff that they're doing is multi-pronged you know it, it's supporting like their, their imagination but it's also supporting their motor function in this particular way and developing the actual physical dexterity and skills that need to do this stuff as well as the problem solving and the you know putting stuff together and the it's that the, the it, i don't know whether we're quite there yet with people understanding the the impact of the things that they've been doing at home if that makes sense i think that as much as it would be amazing to have some, if, if anyone's got any great examples of best practice who are watching or listening where you've been keeping parents informed about the impact of what they're doing as well as what they can do to support their children, um, that would be ace. But, it, it, you know, I think that practitioners have had a lot on their plate trying to support remote learning as well and sending things home. There's a piece of research to be had there. It's how much education there's been on, on parents how much have we impact by sending these learning packs home, by sending these ideas, what impact does it add on parents' understanding of play? That would be a, that would be something else to share with us. Depending on how it's been done. And as I say, like practitioners have been utterly doing their best and doing amazing things to support parents with children's development at home. But if, for example, only sent out things that can be done um which is still lots of help and still great and they've been put together really well to, to to focus on all those skills if we haven't communicated what that actually does and how that supports the child to develop all of these new skills i think there's a risk that we could 
have reinforced that idea that all we're doing today because they're only seeing the play activities and not the impact of them necessarily. Um, whereas I think actually if we're maybe even now take a beat to go, okay, all of that cool stuff you've been doing parents, like this box activity, this did this, 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 and this, and this is how it did it. Then maybe now is the time where we can change those hearts and minds and, and help parents to understand the benefits of play and of the particular types of structured play and unstructured play. Yeah, I, I remember my neighbour saying to me, I, I bought pens, I bought paper, and I'm like, you, you won't be needing all those pens and paper. And she said, so I've got a cardboard box. I said, okay, so what, so, and I think she wanted the answers, and I was very much like, so what are you going to do with it? Oh, and it's making your parents think as well, isn't it? And she said, well, did yours do this when they were little? I said, oh, don't even, don't even go there because, you know, my husband had to live with a nursery nurse and, you know, he, he came home the once and the kids had painted the dishwasher and the washing machine silver because they were going to space. So they got all the silver paint, painted it all, and he came home absolutely horrified. And, but you see, that's where as a parent, I was lucky because I understood what was going on, you know. They're painting it because they're, they're in a different, they're, they're not in the kitchen, they're in space, you know, and all this language and imagination. And she said, you let them paint the dishwasher. I said, yeah. She went, oh, 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 you know, so so we've got to work still, I guess, with the fears and not just the understanding of what, you know, what can happen because it just washes off, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, they were in space. They were, And then they, then they went and got tins out the cupboards to make craters and, you know, and, and they were they were skipping and going in between and so all their physical Dexterity was amazing, but yeah, that I think COVID probably has done that, and we need to work maybe now and think what impact of these activities had on parents' understanding yeah. because we don't just play. Yeah, I think I think that 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 would be a really interesting um, research piece to see sort of the answers to, mm. and maybe maybe it's worth us starting to look at how we support practitioners to communicate that value to to, to parents. January I've decided that the theme for the EY pen is about research and it's about people there are so many people that have done pieces of research that never get a platform to share it and I don't mean your masters and I don't mean your foundation degrees I mean on the ground little bits of action research that you've done in the moment with your kiddies with your children with your practitioners that would inspire and want to share so I'm putting a call out for anybody who's done anything with their parents or with their, their their children or you know or or if they've studied something at university to come and share it because somebody's just come forward about reimagining the key person approach and like where's that sitting it's probably sitting in a little envelope of of a notebook or whatever and it's not being shared and and come on let's share this practice let's let's see if we can do something with that somewhere else so if you think about our, all of our early years practitioners, even when they've done their level three onwards, have done little bits of action research or they've changed a little bit of practice or they've reflected on something, where do we actually say, come and celebrate that with us as a sector? Because maybe that goes back to that we don't only play. Dawn, you know, maybe if we shared that more with people, look what I've done. You know, I remember when my research got put into tests, I was like, yes, you know, at last, something I've actually done for the learners is going to be read you know it's not it's going to be and I guess it's a bit like I wrote about Lewis Carroll having a picture on the wall you know Alice in Wonderland and and it was just sitting there it wasn't alive 
And that's how I felt about my research. You know, in the classroom, we were buzzing. Everything was alive. When we come out of the classroom, it's gone. And that's where this research thing is. Don't keep it sitting there like a picture on the wall just for you to look at occasionally. Bring it alive and, and bring it to the sector for us to for us to share. No, I think that's really important. I think one of the things that you said earlier on, actually, about how eRive Hen is different in that it's about you learning as well. And obviously, in a lot of learning settings, people wouldn't necessarily consider that you had anything left to learn because yes, studying for a PhD, do you know what I mean? There's the, you, that's, but in that setting, a lot of learners would come to that expecting you to know all of the answers, to, to be the authority and to, to deliver learning rather than for it to be an exchange. And yeah, talking about that shared research and, and you know, like the stuff getting a platform and being able to share more widely, I think that there's something in that sort of waiting to be told the answer by someone who knows more than us and maybe that goes back to that that stuff about starting off our careers and being told oh that's not that's not for you you know like you know we'll put out you know there's lots of professional bodies put out research questionnaires calling for professionals to answer their their questionnaire and that professionals working in early years includes nursery nurses it includes childcare assistants who have no qualifications and aren't on an apprenticeship and but generally those people don't fill that questionnaire in because they don't necessarily consider their views to be important you know and, and I think that there's, there's a lot to be done in just that idea catching on that we all have a perspective and something to contribute to our experience and early years is quite good in a lot of ways compared to some other sectors I think in that the idea of placement there are settings who love having placement people because placement people bring new knowledge you know and they understand that and there is a little bit more sharing of new stuff coming from schools and colleges you know going into settings and and and, and helping yeah the ey tag team's incredible like being able to go on to twitter and every time i go on to twitter i've got like 50 notifications and it's all from really passionate early as professionals like talking about the day and just sharing little exchanges and, and photographs of stuff that they've done and why it was good and what reaction they got. Like there's loads of that professional sharing. And I think what's nice about like EY Pen is that there's now that space for sort of a more than 280 characters, you know, that there's, there's that like sort of people can expand on those things and go and, you know, have that stuff. You know, we're looking at ways that we can support stuff like that as well in terms of you know giving people more space to share things um but do you think that one of the issues now in terms of like twitter and public um conversations or, or people maybe wanting to put their hand up and go oh i disagree or would it not work better this way or how about this or even just this is what i think is that we've become quite polarised in terms of the way that we communicate because we're all online all the time. Like in that there is, you're in a camp, you know, you, you can't necessarily have an opinion that isn't this one, otherwise you're a bad person. Um, and there is that risk of public shaming, you know, that like it, people get jumped on a lot. Do you know what I mean? You can't change your mind anymore. You're not allowed to change your mind. In COVID, I found Twitter quite shouty. I found it... You know, all of a sudden people were finding loud voices to say, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this. And I, as an initial teacher trainer, I was looking at things where people were posting 
pictures of classrooms that looked amazing, absolutely beautiful. But if you're at the start of your journey, you would be petrified at looking at that classroom thinking, I've got something to measure up to. So we have to pick and choose, I think, don't we? But what we interact with, how we interact with it. And, you know, you, you have a voice. We're not just one, we're everybody's and we have an opinion. But think, do you, do you choose to have that one in that space or is it that space you choose to have it in? But you can work across all of them. You know, you, you don't have to belong to one in particular because everyone has something to bring. But you don't have to feel you can't have your say. But think about when's the right time to have your say, I guess is my, my advice, you know. Um, and if things are too shouty for me, COVID changed me. My brother, you know, was in a, an induced coma and was really, really, really poorly and he's still post-COVID poorly. And it, it made me think about kindness, Dawn, more than anything. And I think kindness is in our DNA anyway as an early year sector. But as an adult now, as a big grown-up, I decided when I look at things and I think, do I want to be in there? Are they kind in their route? I'll, I'll, I'll go, no, no, that, that's not for me. I'm going to choose this instead. And I think that would be just a piece of advice for everyone. Choose people who are around you that are kind and appreciate what you're giving in, in yourself and in the sector. And I think, you know, and, you know, you, you were, my classroom was awful when I first started teaching. You know, when I think about my first lesson, it was dreadful. And, um, you know, I think I did a spelling mistake and and I share all that. You cannot be perfect. And 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 so, you know, learn from you and, and appreciate your flaws you know, my little boxes keep collecting for no reason. Appreciate what you've got and, and work with it because we're just magical. I think that's 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 um a lovely message for for everyone is to to work with who you are because yeah because you're magical. Um, I'd, I'd I'd love to end on that, but you said something else really interesting that I'd like to ask you about. Um, you were talking about working across all those different spaces and actually you don't have to choose one um and I found that really interesting because I think Twitter can be quite tribalist there is this like weird competition um you know that's one of the reasons that I really enjoy being part of the EY tag team is is that everyone even though it's on Twitter like everyone is lovely to each other and people do have conversations where they're like oh and it's not a well it's not it's no it's no good to do it that way it's have you considered trying this I can't choose because you know I've, I've started my career in early years I've done a lot in FE um working with early years you know the the, the degrees within FE I'm HE you know I'm lucky that I go across I can't choose sectors and I think I don't want to because my early years informs my teacher trainers my teacher trainers informs my FE because they go back into teaching the EYFE students so you know it, it's great to have your toe in but I still will be objective within those spaces but I will still be only in the spaces that are kind you know and that's that's the thing about especially when you're teaching initial teacher trainers they're on a you know they've got a tough time at the minute teaching in these these circumstances that they've got to have people around them that you know they're nurturers and it's if your lesson's awful it doesn't matter there's another day you know, and that's the same as early years practice. I remember my first lesson, I taught some, I made some cakes. I don't cook. I'm an awful cook. And I made these cakes with these little ones. And my, my assessor was looking at me and I didn't put any sugar in. And I cooked them and I couldn't wait for this lesson to be over. And the kids like, you know, bless them. They picked them up going, you know, doing their best to say, these are lovely, miss. <laughs> they were awful. But I learned from it. And I use that all of the time. But it is it is picking your 
picking your space where I guess you feel safe, where you feel appreciated and, and where you're going to thrive from. You know, so um, I've got a friend who thinks about this a lot and talks about ontology, you know, moving from being the person that you are, becoming, and in my space, you're going to thrive. And so it's being, becoming, to, to thriving. And that's what I think we need to do for all of us as a, as a sector. That's awesome. Um, and I think that's, that is definitely a really nice place to, to finish. That's a lovely end thought. Um, where can people find you and EY Penn if they want to come and find Right, so I'm on Twitter and that's just at, at, at Annie Pendry. I've got a creating ed spaces, but that's really, really new. But most people follow my, my Twitter at Annie Pendry. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Um, and I have got a website coming soon, but because I've got my fingers in so many pies, I haven't quite got that up and running yet. But, you know, it's there. And people know where to contact me on Twitter and, and LinkedIn anyway. So it's all good. And thanks to you at home. Don't forget, for more great content tailored towards those working in care, health and education, it's free to join our network and you gain access to some great articles, videos and resources to support your career and some information about career development as well as our members' discount and benefit scheme. And if you'd like to feature on a future episode of PodCash, please get in touch at alumni at cash.org.uk. Until next time, take care.